Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hold your Bible up this morning. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. It is the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living, eternal seed of God. And today, I will be taught the Word. I will apply it to my life. And it will change my life. And I will never, 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 oh, never, never, never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to James 1. And we want to continue with something that we've been looking at uh, on the power in the Word. I am not really sure what installment this is. 11. Praise God. Part 11. And uh, tonight we'll be dealing with the subject of the believer's benefit package. And uh, I believe the Lord's going to meet us and bless us. Uh, But we've been talking about the power in the Word. And uh, the Lord's had us really focusing in on the power that's in the Word to renew our mind and to help us grow in these areas. And in James 1 and 21, the Apostle James is writing here to the church, and he says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted, the implanted word that is able to save your soul. So he says here that the word is able to save their soul. The implanted word. Now, there's some things that I've been looking at, and James is writing to believers. All right, he says in verse 2 of chapter 1, he calls them brethren. He's writing to believers, and he tells them. Now, now notice we, we can kind of uh, look at this a little funny, but he says, to lay aside all filthiness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness, or the remains of wickedness. And he's writing to believers. Now, you know, you wouldn't think that you would have to write to believers and tell them to do that. But nonetheless, he is. Amen. And he says to lay aside all filthiness. Well, filthiness is to defile or to dishonor. It means to be impure. All right. Anything of that nature. And then he uses the word uh, uh, naughtiness, superfluity of naughtiness, rampant outgrowth. All right, it's malignity or malice or ill will. It also means a desire to injure or badness. So we see a couple different things that that this is not just sinful activity in the sense that we we might paint it in uh, uh, like the works of the flesh, lying, stealing, adultery, fornication. It what also gets in here, uh, according to James, is is this ill will towards people a desire to injure them, amen, and he says, notice that those things have to be laid apart, they have to be laid aside, amen, so there's something that I've got to lay aside, but then he says how to keep them out of their life, there's a way to keep them out of, out of, out of, the, out of our lives, I have to receive the word with meekness. I have to meekly receive the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Receive is to give your ear to it, to embrace it, or not to reject it. Not to reject it. That's the attitude that has to be present in order for the hearer to have the power that's in the word 
to renew their mind. That's, that's the attitude that has to be there. In order to renew our mind, produce change in our lives, I've got to receive the word. And, and notice how you receive it, meekly, humbly, in, in a good spirit. Amen. Because the word will always help me. The word's always the answer. And so he says you have to meekly receive it. Help's always available in the word if it's received, if it's not rejected. Now, understand, you know, very often we talk about people rejecting the word. You know, it's just things that, well, you know, and, and we'll say, well, that guy, you know, something's wrong with him. He just rejected the word. You can sit right where you're sitting today and reject something because that's not how you were taught or that's not what you think. Amen. Amen. Right? When, when you start talking about what we were talking about over the offering, when you start talking about keeping out of debt, there are people that just shut you down. They didn't hear anything after that. Amen. Why? Because they believe it's okay, and they're not going to let the Bible get in the way of what they think. Amen. See, that, that, that is pridefulness. That's arrogance. Well, I know what the Bible says, but this is what I think. Well, let me ask you a real important question, real intellectual question. Who gives a holy rip what you think when it comes to the Word of God? <laughs> right? Well, I know what the Bible says, but this is what I think. And how, do, how does that change what the Bible says? I've had people come to me and say, before, you've preached out of the Bible. You've preached out of the Word of God. And they'd say, just when you said that, it didn't set right with my spirit. You mean the Bible didn't set right with your spirit? I mean, if the Holy Rip didn't set right with you, I understand, but that's not in the Bible. There are some unholy rips. I... But, 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 but see, you've got to receive it with meekness. If it's in the Word, it can change my thinking if I receive it. If I receive it. Amen. Do, do you see this? Help's always available in the Word if it's received and if it's not rejected. That's why I noticed what he said. He said you got to receive with meekness. Why do they have to receive it with meekness? Because he's saying, look, there's some things that you're doing that are not right, and you got to lay them aside, and you got to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Amen. Amen. When the Bible tells you and I to love one another, when it tells you and I to bear one another's burdens, when it says if your brother is caught in a mistake, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in a bond of unity and meekness and peace. What, what is he saying? He's saying, look, I know what you would like to do. I know that you would like to do things a different way, but receive this with meekness and help make the change. Oh, glory to God. Amen. The easiest thing in the world to do for a, as a believer is to see somebody else doing something and want to go up to them and go, well, this is what you need to do. Says who? Says who? I need to take the word to them. This, this is what the word says. This is how the word says it. Receive the word. Notice James didn't say, receive my experience. Receive my opinion. Receive the word. Receive the word. Amen. When I'm, when I'm counseling marriages, and I don't have to counsel a lot of them, thank the Lord. <laughs> Says the unmarried man. <laughs> Glory to God. But, but right? And, and, and inevitably, one, one, of the other, one of the two parties, the man or the wife, they'll look at you. Because you, you start counseling a marriage, they want to get pastor on their side. I'm not on anybody's side. I'm on the marriage's side. And so, so inevitably somebody will say, well, pastor, you know, don't you think? And then they'll go into something, and I'll go, what? no, wait a minute. No, I think what the Bible says. Well, I mean, I know the Bible says to love my wife as the church, but don't you think, no, no, you just lost me. Because it says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. And what? Help me. And what? Gave himself for it. Is that right? So what's, what's the main number one 
part of a husband's responsibility. Love his wife and give himself for her. Is that, is that right? So we go to the Word. If you're not doing that, receive that with meekness. Work on that this week, and we can talk about some things next week. Well, ladies, I'm not leaving you out. Right? Amen. And then it says that, and wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Is that right? But now, wait a minute. Guys, you, you see, I'm helping you with your mind. You can't start preaching about submission if you're not loving like Christ loves the church. Because the man that, the, that James said to submit to, or that, that uh, Paul said to submit to, was the man that loved his wife as Christ loves the church. Well, I just have a problem with submission. Then you have a problem with the Word. And if you've got a problem with the Word, you've got a problem. I'm using that as an illustration to tell you that's what people do. Well, don't you think? No, no, this is what I think. Amen. Well, he ought to do this. Now, wait a minute. You focus on your part of that. And let him focus on his part of that. You got to receive it with meekness. Why? It's the implanted word. How does the word get implanted? We've talked about it gets there two ways. It can get there in my private devotional time when I'm hearing the words, pre, uh, uh, reading the words, speaking the word, and the words being implanted in your heart this morning, right here where you're sitting. It's being implanted into your heart over the pulpit. I got to receive it with meekness. And, and that's why every time you go to church, your mindset is, Lord, I'm going to see wondrous things from your word today, and I thank you that I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to apply it to my life. And it'll change my life. And if there's something I need to change, the word will help me change it. The word will help me correct it. But I'm going to hear the word, and I'm going to correct it. Oh, glory. Amen. Receive. So, so the word receive is to take hold of or to take up. So you take hold of the word. You take hold of what the Word of God has to say in that circumstance. Amen. And, that, and, and the result is, notice, he said it's able to save your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your thinking. It's able to change the way that you think. Now, in Romans 12, the Apostle Paul gives us some further insight. And I've had people over the years tell me, well, you know, I'm just setting my ways. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, number one, you're not an old dog. <laughs> That's rebellion. That's rebellion to the Word. That's a refusal to receive the Word of God. Amen. Well, I've been, I've been living this way for so long. I know, and look how far it's got you. There has to be a change. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Now, a key is the word, therefore. Because what he's basically saying is, in light of all that has been said before, the word, therefore, points us back to what was said beforehand. And he says, in light of all that we've, that we've talked about, well, what was he talking about? Your new creatures, your new branches grafted into uh, 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 the, the covenant of Abraham. All right? You've been brought out of darkness into the marvelous light. And he says, in light of all that, I beseech you, I beg you, I'm pleading with you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, you Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. You could put any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he says, in light of what's been said, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So notice that we're the ones that have to do something with our bodies. I have to do something with it. If anything, I don't care what it is, if anything changes in your physical makeup, it's going to be because you did something with it. Right. 
Amen. And that, that, that is something that has to be done with the power of the word. And he says, it's your reasonable service. Reasonable, your rational, your logical service. One meaning of the word is it's, it's spiritual pertaining to the soul. The Amplified Bible says it's your spiritual act of worship. It, it, is that what? We present our bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. Under, under, in, in the Old Testament, they presented the, 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 the lamb and the goat. They, they presented them as a dead sacrifice. They were killed. They were put on the altar. They weren't living when they were put on the altar. Paul says, I want you to get up every day. And he says, this is just logical. And this is your spiritual act of worship. How do we worship the Lord today in the New Testament? We worship him. John chapter 4 tells us we worship him how? In spirit and in truth. So everything that we do has a spiritual connotation. Everything that you do affects you spiritually, and everything that affects you spiritually has an effect on your mind. And he says, you get up every day, and you present your bodies. All right, you're, you're living, breathing, eating, sleeping, walking around, going to work life. You present that to God. And he said, that is your spiritual act of worship. Oh, glory. Now, that has to be done with the power of the Word. I have to do that by the power of the Word. Father, today I'm presenting my body to you. I'm presenting my mind. I'm presenting my thinking to you as a living sacrifice every day. Amen. Anything the Word asks me to do, it contains the power to help me do it. Now, the presenting of my body would include my mind. All of my faculties. Amen. You know, you can get to thinking away for so long that you don't even realize it's wrong. You don't even realize it's hurting you. It's harming you. Amen. Oh, glory. I, I got to be careful with this because if I make too many statements, you might have made them at one time, and I don't want you to get mad at me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, there, there, there are people, well, you know, it don't matter where you live. Does it matter where you live? It does matter where you live. I'm not looking to buy a house down on Independence Avenue in Kansas City, Missouri. Just, there's probably good people down there, but I'm not looking to buy a house there. Why? It matters where I live. Matters where I raise my kids. Oh, I got to be careful, Pastor. Somebody might live there. Well, I, I understand that. I'm just telling you about me. Amen. I'm not looking to buy a house in Dalhart, Texas. Heavens, no. <laughs> Pig stink capital of the world. Don't want to live there. Why? It matters where I live. Amen. Is that right? Well, it don't matter what you drive, really. Then why do you want a better car? Because it matters. You see, you can start thinking that way for so long that you're thinking a way and you don't, you don't even realize it's a wrong way of thinking. Amen. What, how, how do you change that? You, you've got to let the power of the Word, right? There are people that were raised in church with this understanding that you can't help but sin. Everybody's sinners. You can't help but sin. We all sin. You sin, right? I mean, you lie. You cuss. Everybody does. See, I hear somebody saying the right answer. No, no, everybody don't. No, everybody doesn't. When did you stop? When you renewed your mind and decided you didn't have to do it anymore? Amen. God didn't come down and take the cusser out of you. You crucified the cusser. God did not come down and take the drugs away from you. You crucified the flesh, and you stopped wanting them. Hallelujah, somebody. You, you didn't just quit getting angry. You crucified the flesh and renewed your mind, and the anger went. Is that right? It matters. It matters. You, you can't think that way. 
Well, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind. They're not going to like it, but they'll just have to get over it. It matters that you don't do that. You've got to renew your mind because that's pride. That's arrogance that you think you know so much that you can hurt somebody's feelings and not care what they think because you're so almighty smart. And then you hurt people, and then you wonder why people don't want to be around you. And you've given a lot of pieces of your mind away. <laughs> got to be careful with that. You got to renew your mind. I said you got to renew your mind. Well, the Bible says speak truth in love. In love. Why are you speaking truth to that person? Because you love them. Not to prove yourself right. Not to prove that they're wrong. Glory to God. There's always a nice way to say something. I said, there's always a nice way to say something. Amen. Amen. Always a nice way. See, if I'm a Christian, responding to things like the world, my mind needs to be renewed. I don't respond like the world. I don't lead like the world. We don't act like the world. Why do we not act like the world? Our minds are being renewed. Amen. The result of this is I'll not be conformed to the world, the world's way of thinking anymore. The world's way of thinking. And we're going to get into some more things. Don't, don't check out on me yet. The world's way of thinking. When you think the world's way of thinking, you can think sin, you can think wrongdoing, and that's true. But the world's way of thinking is something we talked about over the offering. The only way to get ahead is going to debt. The only way to get, into, in, get ahead is to do this or to do that. The only way to get into debt or, or to get ahead is work every hour they'll give you. Work two jobs if you have to. Work, 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 work. When, when the Bible says, why are you laboring for that which makes wings and flies away? It said, labor not to be rich. Why does it tell you to labor not to be rich? It doesn't tell you not to labor. It says, don't labor to be rich. The Bible, why does it, why does it say that? What's the Bible say? It is the blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. Not your job. Amen. Not your work. Not your great work ethic. Well, I've worked since I was 13. Okay, and so have I. But the point is, that's not what makes you rich. That's not what makes you prosperous. What makes you prosperous is the blessing of God on the labor that you're producing. If you just have your labor, you're limited to you. You're limited to the works of your hands. When you have the blessing, you're, you're not limited only by what God can provide into your life. You've got to change your thinking. You have to change your thinking. Amen. That's the world's way of thinking. But Weiss Bible says, stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of what you are in your inner being. Hallelujah. Pastor Ron talked about that in his message, about you got to have a, 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 a mind that thinks about being righteous. Where does that come from? Your inner being. Your spirit knows what you are and who you are. Amen. Amen. But it's patterned. Notice he says the outward expression you have is patterned after this age. It's patterned after this age. But change your outward expression to one that comes from within. So I got to change my outward expression to an expression that comes from within me. How do I do that? Renewing my mind. It's representative of your inner being. How? By renewing your mind. By renewing your mind. So the outward expression must be changed to one that comes from inside the believer. And that happens by renewing the mind. If you don't think right, you'll not act right. You'll not see right. Because I'm not thinking right. Amen. The Phillips translation says, 
Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. The world around you. Don't let it squeeze you into its own mold. The defense against that's renewing my mind. One translation says, without even thinking. It says, don't be so accustomed to the world's way of thinking with, without even thinking. Right. Amen. And, and we have that throughout, throughout the, the nation and the world today is, is the world is consistently trying to squeeze people into their way of thinking. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's why you got to be cautious with these things. Because if you start, th- start listening to their ideology, it's, it can start making sense if you don't think right. right. Amen. I mean, think, think, think about this. Here's a statement. You can't help who you love. You know, and, and if you're not thinking right, well, you know. Okay, so where does that stop? Because I've had people, I've had people, I've known of people that were in an adulterous relationship, and that was their reason. Can't help who you love. Yeah, but you were supposed to be married to the one you love. What's wrong? Thinking wrong. What were they not doing? Laying apart, all filthiness. I'm in the wrong church this morning. I'm just in the wrong place. This is for some church down the street. That's who it's for. No, it's for us. It's right. Well, you can't help who you love. I mean, I'm a man, but you can't help who you love. I fell in love with another man. You can't help who you love. I mean, after all, right? Love's love. Right? But now, now think about it. If you don't think about that, if you if you don't think according to the scripture and renew your mind. That sounds like love. That sounds like genuineness. That sounds like compassion. But you're, you're believing a lie. You're believing a lie. Right? And, and we see this in, in a lot of people's lives. Well, you know, can't help who you love. I mean, I didn't mean to fall in love with them. Well, let's, how did you get close enough to start feeling those feelings? Right? When, when, when did a married person find the time to have that kind of intimate conversation with somebody they're not married to? Well, you know, these things just happen. Last I read, The marriage covenant that I entered into said I would cleave only to her. Last I read. And it, right? And it said we would no longer be one or two, but we would become one flesh. So when I look at Michelle Smart, I see Dave Smart. When I look at Dave Smart, I see Michelle Smart. When I look at Michelle, I understand how smart Dave is. Yes, sir. <laughs> Glory to I knew it was coming. <laughs> Glory to God. Had to be said. It just had to be said. But, but, but right? So do, do you understand that? And, and, and so that means wherever I go, my wife goes. That means wherever she goes, I go. I'm never without her. I might not be with her physically, but in my mind, she's right here with me because we're one flesh. And to do something without her that I wouldn't do with her is a violation of my covenant. Do, do you understand? This is so important. Because that's the world, trying to squeeze you into the mold. Trying to squeeze you into the mold. How, how, about, how about this one? Well, you know, there are some legitimate reasons for abortion. 
Name one. Now, I'm, not, I'm not talking, I'm, I'm talking about just generally. I'm not talking about the life of the mothers in, in, at stake, incest, rape. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in general. Somebody gets pregnant, and it's not a good time. That's not a legitimate reason. Well, I believe a woman should have a choice. They do. They have a choice not to get pregnant. But once the life is there, according to Scripture, we have no choice. But see, you can get squeezed into that mold, mold, that worldly mold of thinking. Well, you know, I mean, hmm. Think about this for a minute. I'm not preaching on political issues. I'm just trying to get you to see something. Think about this. David said, before God formed me, before God formed me, in my mother's womb, he knew me. So that, that, that means I existed before I was conceived. So I was alive before I was ever conceived in my mother's womb. What happened at conception? My spirit showed up. I was already a spirit alive unto God. And when conception occurred, that spirit came into my, that, not just my fleshly body, my spirit came into my mother's womb. Glory to God. Amen. And I wasn't born spiritually alive, but I was born with an innocent spirit. And I had to learn to sin. That child is a viable life. 30 seconds after conception, there's a life in that womb. And if that baby's lost or taken, a life was lost or a life was taken. And you can't let the world squeeze you into their way of thinking. Because if that doesn't matter, then what does matter? You understand? Where do we stop? Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? And you don't let the world squeeze you into their mold and their mode of thinking. And I'm way behind. but Because then it, then it begins to, to, to flow down every facet of our society. And that's how why you have people talking now that people are eventually going to get to the point that they're so old that they're of no further use. Where do we stop? If we'll kill the most innocent, what stops us from taking the life of other people if we deem them of no further use? Now, I know that's an extreme process, Right? But think about this. Well, you know, it's okay to smoke weed now because, you know, it's legal. Now, I don't know everybody's past in here, but I know a lot of y'all. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, smoking weed never did anything good for you. I don't care if it is legal. Amen. I don't, I don't care if it is legal. See, you get squeezed into that mode of thinking, then where do we stop? Where do we stop? See, there has to be a renewing of the mind. Oh, hallelujah. So you don't let the spirit of the age squeeze us into their mold. We have to have standards. Is that right? I say we have to have standards. The word transform that's used here in Romans, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, it's used twice in the account of the transfiguration of Jesus, Matthew 17, 2, Mark 9, 2, when Jesus was transfigured. Understand, when he was transfigured, the glory was shining through him, not on him. What was in him was being shown. And this is important because... This is God's will that we present ourselves to him, and as we do, the glory of God can shine through us to the world. Until I get my mind to the place where it's being renewed, that glory is covered up by my unrenewed mind. 
But the more I renew my mind, the more I remove those things, and the glory can shine through me. The term for mind here includes the mind, the will, the emotions. But understand, our victory depends on whether we yield our mind to the flesh or to the spirit. Right? We are spirit, soul, spirit, soul, mind, will, emotions, and body. That's the order. I am a spirit. I possess a soul. I live in a body. Bodies always last. Bodies like the old caboose on an old train. It just, it just carries somebody. It's not in charge of anything. The spirit is the locomotive. The mind, the will, and the motions are the cars in between the two. Those cars are going to go whichever way the locomotive takes it. And if it's following the caboose, then the caboose is in the lead. Amen. Do, do you see this? So it's not only in areas of sin, although that's a major one. It can be martyr complex. Why doesn't anybody like me? Why is everybody against me? What do they mean by that? Everybody's always got something out against me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. That's your flesh. That's the unrenewed mind. Amen. I was, I was preaching Wednesday night, and I was talking about how people are always going to quit smoking, and they're always going to quit chewing, and they're always going to quit this, and they're always going to quit that. Till you see it as a work of the flesh that's doing nothing but hurting your life, you're never going to stop. Because you'll keep reasoning your way out of it. Well, after all, you know, smoking's not a sin. Well, you're probably right. But, but would you call it a work of the flesh? Just for the life of me, I can't see Jesus. All right, boys, y'all sit down. Blessed are the poor. Smoke them if you got them. I just can't see Jesus doing that. You know what helped me years ago when I was just a young, young believer? If I couldn't ever imagine Jesus doing it, I just decided I didn't need to do it. That helps with, that, that'll help you renew your mind because I'm supposed to have the mind of Christ. Is that right? A poverty mentality. We talked about that just a moment ago. I'll just live wherever I can afford, and this is just great enough, and God understands, and, and God loves poor people. He made enough of us. See, that's poverty mentality. How does that change? By renewing my mind. Listen, you're not going to get good things in your life because somebody's always given it to you. You're going to get it because, because you're going to use your faith. Is that right? You're going to use your faith. We were talking, Ron was talking about that today in, when we were praying beforehand. Amen. The Lord blessed him with new office furniture in his office. And, we, and he referenced the staff meeting that we had. And I was talking about certain things. And I said, we can buy it for you if you need it, but you'd be better off if you just used your faith. Amen. Well, he used his faith and he got it. Now, we wasn't talking about his office furniture when I made that statement. But you understand what I mean? Now, not that his mind wasn't renewed, but every time he walks in that office, he's going to think, wow, God will give me whatever I need. So I'm not, I'm not limited. I'm not limited. Here, here's one. I don't know if we'll get past this. Know-it-all attitude. I got to renew my mind. I got to renew my mind. I don't know everything. I used to know a guy, no matter what I said, he said, oh, I know, and he didn't. And you look at his life today, it's evident he didn't know. Amen. But I could, never, I could never get that man to just sit and listen to me. Not because I know everything. You know, if I'm your pastor and you're asking me questions, you must think I know something. Right. I mean, if you don't, why are you asking me? You're wasting my time and your time. I mean, I don't care what it was. If you were talking about a toilet flushing, he knew, he knew. Or a car or a house, building something, working with doing something, he knew it. 
But the evidence in his life was that he didn't know everything he said he knew. Amen. What, what if he would have just stopped, renewed his mind, and said, okay, I got to learn. You know, guys, especially all that are married, the, the great, one of the greatest days in my life was when I figured out that the Lord gave me my wife because of her wisdom. Amen. And I should listen. I got, I got all the unmarried men saying amen. I... <laughs> Renew your mind. <laughs> Renewing indicates a present continuous action on the mind. Present continuous. In other words, when our minds are constantly being renewed by the word, it becomes easier to make right choices. And when it becomes easier to make right choices, it's easier to live in God's perfect will. Look at Ephesians 4. And uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of people here in Ephesus that had come out of, of uh, very, we would call it very deep sin, but it's how they were raised. And... Uh, when you, when you read through the book of Ephesians, you see a lot of what he was dealing with them about. Verse 17, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth, or from here on out, do not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity or the futility of their mind. So we see right away he's telling us that there has to be a change in the mind. And he says, they have the understanding darkened. They're alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness or licentiousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. Now remember James said you got to lay aside filthiness. He says here, Paul says here, you got to lay aside uncleanness with greediness, but you've not so learned Christ. And if so be you've heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off the former conversation. Notice you put off. You, 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 you put off the former conduct, the old man, which is what? Corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Notice verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. So notice, after the old man's been put off, the mind is in the process of renewal, then we got to put on the new man. Right. Got to put off, renew the mind, and put on. This is important. Put off, be renewed in your minds, put on. It's not enough just to try to stop something. It's not enough just to try to put it off. Because you can't be successful if you don't renew your mind. Amen. If I don't renew my mind, I can't be successful. Tell you what, I'm not doing this no more. Now you got to renew your mind. What do you got to renew your mind to? You don't need it anymore. You're not dependent on anybody or anything. Amen. Is that right? Amen. You got to renew your mind that your body is the temple. Listen, your body will forever and eternally belong to God. That means you can't do just whatever you want to do with your body. That's another, that's another false conception in the world. Well, it's my body. I'll do what I want. It's not your body, especially if you're a believer. It is not your body. You can't just do whatever you want to do with it. Amen. You understand? Got to renew my mind to that. I'm, I'm not talking about anything anybody does. I'm just telling you this. It's not your body. Amen. So I, I, I don't have the right to do what will harm my body. I don't, have, I don't have the right to do that. Well, I'll do whatever I want. It's my body, not if you're a believer. Amen. Belongs to God. He said, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He, he wrote to the church in Corinth, and he said, here's what you guys are saying. You're saying uh, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. 
in other, in other words, they came out of a uh, out of a belief system that their body was just they just do whatever they want. They just have sex whenever they wanted. They just ate whatever they wanted. And Paul said, "Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you don't just do whatever you want. You glorify God in your body. That means you can't just put your eyes on whatever you want to put your eyes on. Listen to whatever you want to listen to. You're you're not allowed as a Christian, really, in the 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 the, the bottom line of it. You're not allowed as a Christian to lend your ears to gossip and think, well, it's okay. You know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Those are not your ears. He said, well, he said, don't let any false or any polluting speech come out of your mouth. He said, speak things that are good to the use of edifying. Is that right or wrong? Not criticism, not running people down, not talking ugly about people. Well, you know, I just, I just feel led of the Lord to pray about them. No, you want to gossip about them. And that's not, we're not going to lend our ears to that. Amen. So I got to renew my mind. And that's how we edify one another. And that's how we build one another up. And that's how we help each other. That's how you enter into love with your brother or sister. That's how you really care about them. Is you wouldn't listen to anybody talk ugly about them. You wouldn't say anything ugly about them. Why? You're not allowed. Amen. Because I love them. Oh, glory. See, but that, that, that's the world's way of thinking. Hallelujah. Well, you know, uh, 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 health rights are women's rights. Pregnancy is not a health issue. Not a health issue. The flu, health issue. Pregnancy, not. I, I know I, it seems like I'm preaching to the choir here. But I've run into Christians. I had a lady get mad and leave the church in Little Rock because we said abortion was wrong. She got mad and left. Christian got mad and left. So I believe I believe abortion's a good thing. Well, then how in God's name can you call yourself a Bible believer? I don't get it. I'm saying that you get squeezed into this mode of thinking. Well, I can do whatever I want to do with my body. Well, they're not killing your body. They're killing your baby's body. It's not your body that they're doing anything to. It's the baby. Right. What choice do they have? Right. Amen. Amen. right? Oh, glory, let me hurry. Oh, I'm behind. What's new? <laughs> Paul states they need to be renewed in the spirit of their minds. Now, a lot of people say that's the subconscious mind. The Bible really doesn't talk about the subconscious mind. When it says be renewed in the spirit of your mind, the word in is not there in the Greek. It's not in the Greek phraseology. It, 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 it literally means the spirit, the, be renewed by the spirit of your mind. The, the understanding there is you've got to allow the spirit to have this work. The, the phrase comes from what's called a present passive infinitive, meaning it's present because it's a continual process, but it's passive because it's accomplished as you yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. And it takes place in the mind because the will's involved in causing the process to continue. Now, let me share one last verse with you. Oh, glory. See, it's, uh, look at 1 Peter 1. It's not enough to just try to stop something or put it off. And, and here's why. Because you can't be successful if you don't renew your mind. And what happens is many believers struggle in their Christian walk. And what happens is that the devil, uh, the flesh, or other believers usually get the blame. Amen. And in reality, they're trying to live victorious without a renewed mind. And you just can't. Well, the church, the pastor, other believers, y'all just don't understand. I got daddy issues. My dad wasn't there when I was growing up. I got this hole in my heart. I just can't help it. You got to renew your mind. I say you got to renew your mind. You, you may not have had a father growing up, and that's sad. That's, 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 that's not a good thing. We understand that. 
But what are you going to do? Live the rest of your life struggling because you didn't have a father? Or are you going to renew your mind that you have a father called God and that God brought spiritual fathers into your life to help you? Amen. Renew your mind. Well, pastor, it's just not that easy. It's that easy to start. Anything you got to do is going to be work. Do you do understand that? Life is not easy. Amen. Amen. I don't know anybody in here. Listen, I, I get up early in the morning, have got up early in the morning, my whole, and there's still not a day that my opportunity clock doesn't go off that I don't think, boy, I could just lay here a little while longer. But I got things to do. I got work to do. I've got things I've got to do, right? Amen. Right now, our children, our little children, my grandchildren, Liliana, they have no idea how, how tough things can be. Because they come in and dinner's ready. Breakfast is ready. Lunch is ready. Clothes are laid out. Bath water is ran. What a life would that be? Right? Bills are paid. I don't know, I don't know how this works, but I know I flip the switch and it comes on. I know I punch the button and the TV's on. Woo, hallelujah. And you start talking about you got to pay bills. What? Amen. But, but hear what I'm saying when I say that. Even in, in those challenges, you just keep renewing your mind. No matter what comes my way, I'll overcome it. I don't know who I, had, who I had in my life, who I didn't have in my life. I'm renewing my mind that God gave me this family, and God will teach me how to be a father and God will teach me how to be a husband, and I'll be a good father, and I'll be a good husband, and I'll be a good grandfather. And I'm not trying to be a better dad than my dad was. I didn't know my dad. I'm not trying to be a better dad than him. I'm trying to be the best dad I can be. Don't, don't, keep, don't keep comparing yourself to people that were failures. Renew your mind to that. Because you, you, you'll repeat those traits. Glory to God. First Peter 1 and 13, we'll be done right here. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, hope to the end for the grace that's to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be holy because I am holy. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, don't conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance. Then he told them to live holy. What preceded those directions? Renewing the mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. That phrase means prepare your mind for action. Brace up your mind. So you get up every day, even if you failed a hundred times about something, you get up and say, no, 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 we're bracing up our mind today. I'm not doing it. Amen. I'm bracing up my mind. I'm preparing my mind for action. I'm not doing that. When that thought comes, I'm not following it. Amen. Right? Not doing it. I don't care if that person says what they say. That always sets me off. They're not setting me off today. Amen. Right? Not doing it. Right? Everybody's got that family member, that cousin, that friend. Right? They know how to look at you, and, and it's just like fingernails on the chalkboard. But what do you do? Uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Why? Because I'm renewing my mind. Now, the loins of the mind suggest this, that the mind is the procreator of human actions. What that means is this, the thought is the father to the deed. If I think it, I'll give birth to the action. Amen. If I think it, I will give birth to the action. That's why I know, that's why I know the people that I'm looking at, the people that I'm teaching and preaching to this morning, that's why I know you're not a failure because you're not thinking failure. That's, that's why I know you have the victory because you're not thinking defeat. Amen. 
If I don't think it, I can't have it. Amen. And we, and we talk about that in the, in the good terms. If you don't think it, you'll never have it. Well, if what you're having is not what you want, if you quit thinking it, you'll quit having it. I can't stop having what I won't quit thinking. And that's why, and that's why people say, I don't understand why I keep doing this because you're thinking about it all the time. How do you know you're worrying? Somebody help me. How do you know you're worrying? Thinking about it. How do you stop worrying? Quit thinking about it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, it's a sharp jacket. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You know, my wife and I, I'll close with this, have a, a family member, and uh, we've been believing God for, and uh, glory to God, and uh, make sure I put these back right, and uh, you know, there had been kind of a rift there, not kind of a rift, a rift, and uh, but you know, here the other day, we've been believing God. And, uh, you know, Liliana has a sister, Natasha. And uh, we, were praying, we were praying in the Holy Spirit one night before she went to bed. And uh, uh, the, it was just a very strong presence of the Lord. And anyway, when I, I got up, I, I kissed her goodnight, and I got, I got up to go get myself ready. And... Uh, when I left, she told my wife, she said, uh, I pray for Natasha every day. And she said, I pray in the spirit for her. And, and, and she also said, I pray for Angela, which is our daughter, Natasha's mother, and, and Liliana's natural mother. And uh, in any event, here's, here's my point. Is so we've been praying about that. And uh, Lily and I, we asked the whole church in, in Little Rock to agree with us that the Lord would begin to open doors for her sister to come into her life. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, there were some things that needed to be done, things that needed to be said. And the other day, I was sitting in my study, and I got a phone call, and I didn't recognize the number, and I don't answer numbers I don't recognize. So if you've ever called me and you got voicemail, I didn't recognize your number. But in any event, uh, I answered the phone, and uh, there was a voice on the other end that said, is this Philip? And I said, yes, it is. And said, well, this is your daughter. I said, well, praise God. How are you doing? I was just thinking about you. And she said, I'm sure you were. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I put her on the phone with her mother, and, and uh, she was telling me all these things that were going on, things changing, things turning around. And, and apologized for the rift. Amen. Amen. And uh, 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 wanted pictures. And here's, here's my point. People say that's a small step. Oh, it is. But you don't understand how big it really is. Amen. The mind is being renewed. There's, there's no pain like the pain a child can cause. You've got to renew your mind that God loves that child more than you love him. And he will, he will turn the thing around. He will turn the thing around. We, we, uh, we took Liliana to, she wanted to get her hair cut. Oh, my goodness. And she got it cut. And if you can get more cute. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that. But, you know, you know how dads are. I mean, it's like mom says we're going to go get her hair cut. And like, well, what about what I think? What well, don't matter. We know what the girl. Hey, I feel you. I feel you. I understand. Glory, you got girls. You got a girl, don't you? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, one got you wrapped around a little finger. I know. But we went, and and then we went to uh, we went to that uh, heavenly restaurant, the Little Greek. Jesus. Shandai. In any event, and we were sitting there talking and uh, explained to her that we'd got the phone call and just to see tears come down my daughter's face and she said, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's working. He's wor- as the head goes, so goes the body. God's working in us. He's going to work in you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Do you believe that? As you stand up today, say it out loud. I believe that everything is going to be okay. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.